This episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is sponsored by Ad Crucem. Get wonderful gifts, Christmas ornaments, art, and cards at adcrucem.com or go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020gifts to be taken to their site. The Lutheran Cartographer, Episode 45. Welcome to the Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we talk about what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we are joined by Trevor Freudenberg. He is the associate pastor at Calvary Lutheran Church in Sioux City, Iowa. Pastor Freudenberg, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. So we are in Sioux City. Help orient us geographically. Where exactly is that in Iowa, and how does that relate to other places that our listeners might be familiar with? Sure. Sioux City is on the far northwestern edge of Iowa, and it's actually where three states uh, meet, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Iowa. So you may hear it referred to as the tri-state kind of region there. Um, it's right on Interstate 29, uh, about an hour and a half, 90 to 100 miles north of Omaha, uh, following the Missouri River, and then you know an hour and a half south of Sioux Falls on, on 29 there as well. Okay, good deal. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in Sioux City. Well, I grew up actually an hour and a half down the road in northeast Nebraska in a town called Norfolk, which was a town that is very, very Lutheran. Uh, it's a town of 25,000 nowadays, but there are four, four LCMS churches there, two of which uh, have memberships over 2,000. So um, very, very Lutheran town. I grew up, I uh, went to the parochial school there, Christ Lutheran School, and then went to the high school uh, there, Lutheran High, where I had a theology teacher, Pastor Walter, um, who just encouraged me to think about going to the seminary one day, and he took us on a trip to the seminary down in St. Louis, and that kind of kind of planted the seed. Uh, I went over to Hillsdale College of Michigan for undergrad, where I met my wife. We were married in 2013, at which point uh, I wasn't quite sure if I was ready to go to seminary. Um, a lot was happening. We were kind of undecided, and so we decided to kind of take uh, a gap year of sorts, and we went and taught English uh, in South Korea. Um, so we did that for a year. Throughout the course of that year, it became obvious that uh, that I was supposed to go to seminary. And so then I entered uh, Concordia Seminary in St. Louis the next fall, um, you know, did the seminary, went to Vicarage out in Colorado, came back. And then uh, my first call a little over a year ago now was to Calvary in Sioux City. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about how you would compare and contrast Sioux City with some of the other places that you've been. Sioux City, in comparison to St. Louis, for example, is is far more rural in orientation. Um, much more of the industry here is, is agricultural uh, packing plants. Um, of course, there used to be the stockyards uh, here. I think they were the biggest stockyards in the country at one point until they until they closed. But the packing plants, all of the industry here is largely uh, agricultural. Um, kind of makes sense, of course, with uh, given the area and given the <laughs> the three states it's around. Of course, Nebraska, South Dakota, and, and Iowa are all largely agricultural states. Um, 
so in comparison to that and and the size is is much smaller than than St. Louis, of course. That shouldn't surprise anyone. It didn't surprise me, obviously. But uh, um, maybe 100,000, 110,000 people by the time you consider uh, all the different areas between South Sioux City and Nebraska and North Sioux City and in South Dakota and then, I guess, regular Sioux City, uh, regular Sioux City here in Iowa. Um, so pretty rural in orientation, but there is a lot of history here as well. Um, which I really love, you know, the kind of Lewis and Clark coming up, up the Missouri River um, and all of that history going, uh, going here as well. Okay, good deal. Now, I think that some listeners may tend to think of rural uh, or more rural states as kind of monolithic, but Sioux City is still a city. What would you say are some of the differences between kind of the culture of Sioux City and maybe a more rural place like you mentioned you grew up in Norfolk. Sure. So there's going to be far more diversity here in, in Sioux City in terms of cultures and ethnic groups and and all of those things, which is, um, yeah, I mean, uh, rural states not being monolithic is um, is a is a good way to put it, and certainly that is uh, different than a place like I grew up, where it's still largely, largely the same culture and ethnic group. Here, there's there's a large, uh, well, for for example, there's a large Hispanic population. Um, that's the same as where I grew up here, but here there's all kinds of cultures that are kind of mixing. Um, here, that's really very pretty interesting. It leads to a lot of diversity, especially in certain. Uh, certain parts of the city. So yeah, it's rural in orientation, I would say, and a lot of the industry is is driven by agriculture and kind of those rural realities of life. But but that, especially the jobs and the consistency of the economy, I would say, bring a lot of, of different cultures and people groups here. Okay, that makes sense. So now let's talk about what it's like to be in Sioux City in terms of the best things about it. If somebody's thinking about moving out, what would be your things that, ah, these are the great things about about Sioux City? The stability, and that's going to be true, I think, of a lot of, of, a lot of more rural areas and even in the economy. Um, we really, our economy wasn't affected that much by the coronavirus um, in part because everyone's essential almost, you know, you're in food production, you're, you're in education. There are a couple colleges here. Um, so, so there's a kind of stability here that you'll, that you may not find in, in bigger cities where things are perhaps moving a little bit more quickly. Uh, it is a really nice sized city that, um, you know, it almost sounds like a cliche to say it has everything you need and nothing you don't, but, um, really a town of this size in my experience anyway, has, has most of what you need. And, uh, not a lot that you don't. Um, there are some really quite beautiful areas here along the river. Um, I used to live in, in Denver for Vicarage, and of course, it's not quite the same as being 30 minutes up into the mountains. Uh, but Stone State Park right here on the river is really is really quite beautiful. Um, and in the downtown area, I really love. There's some really neat historic buildings. And there's some great museums to go through and and see the kind of history of the area and the Lewis and Clark expedition and, and all of that as well. Good deal. So now on the, the flip side, what are some of the challenges about Sioux City? Uh, the, the challenges, part of the challenge is in the development of the city when there's so much 
uh, cheap land that's immediately accessible, um, what many will do is, of course, buy buy a piece of land and, and build a house that's farther away from the city. And what that has left is some neighborhoods, especially on the near north side here, just north of downtown, that are um, perhaps perhaps more challenged um, in a, in a lot of ways and a lot of. Uh, historic buildings that are not as well cared for as, as they could be and not as developed as they as they could be. That's probably pretty common for, for any city. But I think especially when the metro area isn't that big, there's not the economic incentive to revitalize uh, some of those areas. Um, there is a challenge in terms of, of jobs, of it being more monolithic. Um, there isn't going to be necessarily the the great diversity of kinds of jobs you can get that you might find in a, in a bigger metro area, um, as well as uh, Sioux City misses out on a few things based on its proximity to Omaha and Sioux Falls, um, both of them being bigger cities that are an hour and a half north or south. And so things like Omaha has a much larger airport, for example, and, and Sioux City's airport is potentially going to lose one of its two flights a day um, based on the pandemic and based on the lack of demand. So there are those challenges to not really being a large enough city to sustain certain things like air service consistently. Okay. So one of the things you mentioned when we visited earlier was there's kind of a, a little brother mentality to Sioux City <laughs> compared to like Sioux Falls and, and Omaha. Is that kind of what you're talking about where they're you just kind of get passed over for a few of the kind of maybe bigger city sort of things. Right. For the bigger city sort of things and things like concerts, um, that's kind of a, a, a not very significant example, but you know, if a, if an entertainer or a musician is coming somewhere, they might come to Omaha or Sioux Falls. Sometimes they'll come to Sioux city, but I think there is a little bit of a, a little brother mentality, especially in regards to Sioux Falls as, as you know, Sioux city is older and generally more historic and, and now Sioux Falls, because of the tax breaks in South Dakota and other things, it's kind of it's kind of booming and really building and expanding. So, um, and I've I've only been here a little over a year, so I could be <laughs> I could be speaking too much to say there's a little bit of a little brother mentality. But I think I've certainly picked up on that in a few things, and and the attractions we're able to get here and the things we're we're able to build. Um, not it doesn't feel like it's quite happening as much as it always is for for omaha or sioux falls for example i see okay all right so now let's turn to kind of the the namesake of the podcast the lutheran cartographer what is it like to be lutheran in sioux city you mentioned earlier that you grew up where it's very lutheran how does that compare to where you are now it's very interesting the one, the first thing I noticed, because I grew up where I was at a Lutheran school uh, in my town, which is 20, 25,000 when I was growing up, every small town around us had a, a Lutheran church with a school attached. So, so Battle Creek is a town of a thousand people, thriving Lutheran school. Uh, Madison, a town just to the south of North Fork, where my dad grew up, thriving Lutheran school. Uh, Pierce, town 15 miles away. Um, thriving Lutheran school. So in, in a 20 mile radius, you have four Lutheran schools. Um, here in Sioux City, uh, there's only one Lutheran school for the whole uh, the whole city, and that's St. Paul's, the kind of mother church downtown. Um, I think a lot of that is Iowa had a 
better system of public education before Nebraska did. And so uh, when they were founding these churches in the late 1800s, there was more of an incentive to have a school as well, because there may not have been an adequate public school in those little towns uh, at that time. I don't know the history of that for sure. But um, so it's interesting just to note that between those two areas is, is Lutheran education is far more prevalent where I was from than than uh, here in Sioux City right now. Um, but in terms of culture, there is the kind of, um, I would say, general cultural acceptance and expectation of, of Christian morality and values, and certainly that is being challenged and changed and will likely change in the future. Um, but that is pretty prevalent here. Um, so, so being Lutheran doesn't necessarily bring any specific challenges, but like like I venture to say, a lot of more Midwestern conservative areas, the main challenge that we probably face is, is apathy and kind of the faith being taken for, for granted, um, which is a, is a real challenge. And in, in, in the area, you know, even very conservative traditional areas, the percentage of anybody in church on a Sunday morning um, pre-pandemic <laughs> before COVID, obviously, uh, is is much lower than it than it should be. So we've got those those challenges as well here in our communities. That makes sense. Say a little bit more about that. How does beyond church attendance? How does that play out? That that apathy. How does the apathy play out? Well, I think it's um, it's like it is for many that that there is not the expectation from from some in our communities that Christianity, your relationship with Christ is really to be the first thing and kind of keeping the main thing the main thing. Um, it's kind of life is normal and it can kind of it can kind of feel a little bit like that's a um, that's a culturally expected thing that I do once or once or twice a year. Um, and I think it kind of expresses itself more in apathy than in what you might see in bigger cities, which is hostility or more of an informed decision against it or more of an informed rejection um, because it's so much in the water and there are so many churches and it's kind of it's an expected thing. Uh, it becomes it becomes easy for for everyone. Um, and, in, you know, on a more personal level, I think this is true for even even for Christians who are in church every week, you know, we're always kind of challenged to, to not take the gifts God has given us for granted. Um, and that certainly can, can happen. It's a real spiritual, uh, it's a real spiritual pitfall um, for all of us to, to challenge ourselves with. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Folks, Christmas will be here before we know it, and I'm very excited to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Ad Crucem, who will help you get ready for Christmas. They're a site that sells wonderful, robustly Lutheran gifts, art, Christmas ornaments, and cards. So if you're preparing to send off a salvo of Christmas cards, check out Ad Crucem. You won't find the smarmy, saccharine, overly sweet cards. You'll just find wonderfully and richly biblical cards with beautiful art. They just sent me some of their latest cards, and they are fantastic. They also sent some of their new pewter ornaments, and these things are wonderful. They have a nice heft to them. They're well-made, good quality, 
and they will make wonderful gifts or to hang on your own Christmas tree. So check it out at adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M.com or go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020 gifts to be taken right to their website. Check it out, adcrucem. Let's get back to our guest. Tell us now about what it's like to raise a family in Sioux City. You know, uh, our daughter is is two and a half, um, so we haven't done a lot with um, schools or thought about that a lot yet. Uh, my wife is is able to to stay home uh, with our daughter, which is a which is a great blessing. Um, we've really enjoyed it so far. We love our neighborhood. Um, there's really everyone is pretty friendly. You know, I listening to a couple of your podcasts talking about the kind of Seattle freeze and, and people kind of waiting. There's there's not really that here so much. There's kind of that immediate. Uh, everyone's very polite, I would say, and, and, and friendly here, kind of an immediate kind of way. Um, we've really enjoyed it because we go to the state park that's 10 minutes away two or three times a week. Um, and, uh, we have everything that we'd ever want here. And it's a pretty family friendly community. I would say, um, I don't have a lot of ways to, to measure that against, I would say, obviously St. Louis was in some ways as well with the, everything being free there, the zoo and, and everything there. But, um, yeah, we've really not found any challenges, uh, so far. Um, we've looked into a couple. We're thinking about homeschooling, so we've looked into a couple of groups they have here, and there's definitely some support for that uh, as well. Fantastic. Do you know what the experience has been for some of your parishioners who have older children in terms of their op- educational options in town? So most everybody at Calvary goes to the the public school system here, Um there are obviously elementary schools throughout the city, and then there's three high schools and middle schools, those uh, north, east, and west that are all on the Iowa side. Um, generally, I've not heard any real complaints about the public schools. They're generally pretty uh, – the parents like them quite a bit. Um, there is a, a good Catholic system here, um, including uh, Bishop Heelan High School, uh, which many, many choose to go to. And then there's smaller schools that we have some members that go to, such as uh, a town called Sergeant Bluff, which is just south of Sioux City. Um, that's going to be a smaller school system that some people like to, to live there and go there for school just because it's smaller. There are fewer kids. As well as if people live in South Dakota, uh, then there's Dakota Valley over there, which which people really like. I've not heard a lot of um, not heard a lot of complaints or anything about the school systems. Um, there's certainly, if you want to live somewhere else, you can live in, you can even live in the Nebraska side of the river and go to South Sioux. Um, so there are those options there as far as different public schools and the Catholic schools. Um, no Lutheran high school or, or anything like that. Um, and I'm trying to think, I don't know that we have any members yet who homeschool. Not that, not that I've met, but. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right, so now let's turn to one of my favorite parts of the podcast, which is where we talk about your favorite things about the area, places to eat, things to do. If you had a friend coming into town, what would you say, ah, you got to check this out? Sure. Um, My favorite place is, is, and I mentioned a couple times, but Stone State Park on the west side of town. Um, I just think it's so incredibly beautiful, and it's uh, it's not a place you'd expect to find, I guess, in northwest Iowa. 
Um, that's really quite great. As far as restaurants go, um, the most, I guess, maybe famous restaurant is going to be one called La Juanita's. Uh, that's on 14th Street. Authentic Mexican food. Um, very good. I think President Obama was here in 2007 or 2008, of course, with Iowa. <laughs> Iowa has the privilege of being the first, and so everybody has to make their thoughts. So there's a, a picture of President Obama there uh, at La Juanita's. Um, I would also recommend just walking around the downtown area and seeing some of the more historic buildings, some of which are being renovated right now as we speak. So there's the, the Warrior Hotel that just opened in the last couple of weeks. And I think they went for a 1920s Art Deco style. Uh, and there's a brand new steakhouse in there. Uh, I think it's called Woodbury Steakhouse. That's the county we're in is Woodbury County. And then along 4th Street, there's there's a brewery that I love, Jackson Street Brewery. And then right next door is Hardline, which is a great coffee shop. Um, and then as well as, as some of the museums downtown, uh, the History Museum, there's the, the Art Center, which I have yet to go to, but I've heard good things about um, there. And I think every Friday, every Friday in the summer, there's Food Truck Fridays at one of the parks downtown. Uh, and so a lot of the food trucks are authentic Mexican food because of the, the Hispanic population here. So really some of the best Mexican food you'll, you'll find right here. So Nice. That's, that does sound really good. Okay, so now as we start to um, close down the podcast, before we do, I want to make sure that we touch on the rural issue, um, or in this case, a smaller city than, than many places. And that is a lot of people in big cities uh, with the coronavirus and the civil unrest are thinking, mm, I, maybe maybe I should get out of Dodge. Maybe I should move to a, a smaller place. What, what would be your pastoral and your general advice to somebody who's thinking about moving to a more rural place or to a smaller town like Sioux City? Sure. My first, and I say this not having lived in a, in a bad part of a big city, you know, at the seminary campus in St. Louis is pretty secluded. My first caution in, in saying that is you find many of the same problems in rural areas that you'll find in cities, maybe not to the same degree, of course. Um, you'll find a lot of the same drug issues, a lot of the same dependency issues, a lot of the same broken families here in rural and more rural areas that you will find in big cities. We have a, a decent sized homeless problem here. Uh, the Gospel Mission downtown does a great job of providing shelter and, and, and ministering to those who are experiencing homelessness. So there are the same problems. It's not uh, as though you can get away from from sin entirely. I know that, that nobody's thinking that, of course, but um, there are many of the, of the same issues. In fact, my in-laws uh, my in-laws live out in Ohio, and they're starting a homeless shelter in their community of seven or eight thousand people because it's a it's a problem there there as well. You know, they're human problems. At the same time, there really is a cultural stability that you may not find. Um, that I expect to remain going forward in the immediate future. Um, you think about a lot of the, well, more recently with the protests and everything, we had a few protests that, that did turn violent, but nothing that was, nothing that was long sustained. Um, in general, the police have gotten along very well with everyone uh, here. And there has actually been very good relationships between 
uh, a whole host of our communities and the police force here. The recent police chief, I can't remember his name, but he's done a really great job of of fostering relationships. So um, there are a lot of benefits and, and maybe the most significant one is cost of living. <laughs> um, cost of living is, is really quite, uh, quite low here. Um, food costs are low. The real estate is, is very inexpensive. You can buy a great house for 150 to $200,000 uh, right in that, right in that range. So um, very low cost of living, uh, a good cultural stability. And I do think it is a good place to, to raise a family. All right, good deal. And now at this time, we've got the coronavirus going on. What has Iowa's response been? Has it been pretty uh, open like South Dakota's or more more locked down like, say, Michigan's? It has not been like as free as South Dakota's uh, response, we might say. Um, there is one Lutheran church, Holy Cross in Dakota, that's kind of the South Dakota um, side of the Sioux City area. Um, they never shut down during the coronavirus because their governor never placed any restrictions on them. Um, back in March, Governor Reynolds did say uh, groups of no more than 10. Um, we abided by uh, her recommendation and we, we shifted everything for a few months. Um, in early May, she opened up everything back up and said, worship, you know, be smart, be safe and all those things, but feel free to worship. And I think, in fact, she said she never had the jurisdiction or the right to restrict religious gatherings, for example. So she was actually in error making the 10, 10 or fewer recommendation or requirement, whatever verbiage you'd want to want to put there. So we didn't open up until early June because right when she opened things up uh, in in May, Woodbury County was experiencing a huge, a huge spike. So we decided to stay closed for uh, a few more weeks. But um, recently, she's been more, far more on the open side, um, and in fact, encouraging the governor has been encouraging schools to open as much as possible, um, which has led to a few tussles. For example, the the Des Moines school district, uh, Des Moines, the biggest city in Iowa, the Des Moines school district has wanted to stay stay virtual, and she's put some pressure on them to to open back up. Here in Sioux City, the schools open back up on time and have have stayed open, albeit with masks required. Um, there's been no city or statewide mask mandate or anything like that, but but most businesses require masks um, as as you enter the building. Um, so right now we're probably among the most open states, but not not like South Dakota, especially at the beginning. Iowa, even though we didn't have a stay at home order, uh, we were pretty much in line with what the rest of the country was doing until about mid-May. I see. All right. So now as we start to close out the podcast, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to send our listeners where you'd like, your church's website, places to follow you online. Where would you like to send our listeners? Yeah. So uh, our church's website is uh, calvarylead.com. We are on the north side of Sioux City. Uh, in a little neighborhood called Leeds, which used to be its own its own city until Sioux City took it over uh, a year after they incorporated. Um, so calvaryleads.com or facebook.com slash calvaryleads. Uh, the Facebook is where the Facebook site is where we're the most active. We post um, devotions. We've been posting devotions twice a week as long as 
as well as our worship services. Uh, we worship Sunday morning at 8 and 1030 uh, and Wednesday at 7 p.m. So if you're ever in the Sioux City area, please um, stop by and visit us. We're in the Leeds neighborhood, um, but it's really just Sioux City. It's really very close. Uh, nothing in Sioux City is is too far uh, away from from anything else. So, uh, and yeah, stop by. It really is a very interesting place to visit, especially if you can do Omaha, Sioux City, and Sioux Falls all in one shot and get that that history of Lewis and Clark and how people were settling here out west and all of that. It really is. Uh, it's a great place to visit. Absolutely. Thank you for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Uh, really continue to pray um, for the people in your community who are isolated. You know, as we've as we've seen uh, this pandemic take a, a loneliness problem, an isolation problem, and just make it so much worse. Um, no matter where you are, no matter no matter where you live, there are people who who need the presence of Christ that, that you can bring to them. So um, pray for those who are struggling with loneliness. That's been kind of uh, just on my heart as I see how this pandemic, even I agree with so much of what we had to do to reduce the spread, but but uh, the side effects of that, you might say, have been so terrible. And we're seeing a lot of that just in, uh, in ministry and how we're trying to help our folks to help other people. So um yeah, just continue to pray for your communities and have a heart for uh, for those who are struggling with uh, isolation and loneliness and all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for your time today, Pastor Freudenberg. God's peace. Absolutely. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 45. I encourage you to check out Ad Crucem. Again, they've got great gifts, art, and cards, and Christmas ornaments for Christmas. Just a great resource for you. Go ahead and check them out at adcrucem.com or go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020gifts to be redirected right to their website. If you're not yet, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. That way you don't miss an episode. Thanks again for listening. I'm Nicholas Weber. I'll talk to you soon.